Rugby Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy, Connacht 10, the Ospreys 39, Alan Deegan. Boo. Lenny McGenzie. Boo-hoo. Yeah, boo-hoo indeed. Uh, not good on so many levels. The Ospreys had 531 metres with ball in hand. As per usual, with every team who beats Connacht, they had less possession in territory. I don't know, very early to be analysing the game. It were what? 25 seconds into the podcast but why oh why does every statistic at the end of the game show Connacht having more possession and territory the ball and position on the pitch does not seem to matter anymore in rugby when Connacht are playing well we're not incisive enough and we don't protect the ball well enough at the right moment in order to you know up the game if you watch what what the Ospreys did when they got into the 22 they just upped it an extra little gear and they would take this inside ball with a guy coming back against the grain and our defence wasn't able to handle it but we never posed those problems they don't care about giving us the ball teams aren't worried about letting Connacht have possession these days no, no, they certainly aren't. Um, having said that, up to today, we had been scoring a lot of tries and the difference between today and any of the other games is that we didn't score many tries today. didn't really look like scoring. I know you can say there was visits to 22, but there was no incision. No, apart from the try, we did score and we did get a bit of incision and we did get a bit of go forward and we moved the ball forward and we made a couple of good decisions. You sound like Kieran Marmion there. I was trying to make a wider point uh, like last week when I said you didn't look, you didn't even raise an, an attack over the, uh, the last few minutes. Well, we did have one attack. You're the same no, thing. Kind of, yeah, no, but I hear your no, point. What the point is that we did score and we did we we proven we yeah. can do it and, and we but we couldn't do it for the rest of the game. My issue was, and I said it on the commentary, I got very frustrated. We kicked the ball behind him three times with a chance you know to kick behind we have an option to get the ball back and we got it back three times why did two of them come <laughs> with five minutes or ten minutes to go and the game was over that's one of many questions we're in the media room here in the beautiful Liberty Stadium where Swansea City played their football and where the Ospreys play some nice rugby I, I don't know where to start so I decided to start right in the middle of it all and I think the finish Lindley in terms of the mistakes some of those calamitous lineouts at the closing stages the little knock-ons you know even when they were looking for a consolation try it was just it was real real nightmare stuff to finish and it just doesn't it leaves a bad taste in the mouth doesn't it? Yeah, it's not the way that anyone would want Connacht to finish a game, um, particularly when they were going into it theoretically with, with so much hope and determination to show that character that they have always displayed in the past. And it really was a game that there was very little positive in despite the amount of possession, which was positive obviously, but there was very little positive in terms of the attacking, in terms of the mistakes, in terms of their breakdown work. Um, and as Alan said, yeah, the lack of incisiveness when it came to attacking it, they looked, to be honest, and, and I think Kieran Keane, Kieran Keane did say it as well, he said they actually did look flat and they just didn't look up to speed, up to pace. Yeah, they I think have that energy that they normally that they normally have. They have nothing to play for. Mm. And you played against a team who have something to play for. And that makes a difference. I was talking about the lack of passion. There was a lack of passion out there at times. Um and certainly once once the Jack missed the penalty and, and they thought it went over, um, you know, I got a chance to have a quick look at it on one of the analysts screen and it went over the post which is not well, William was convinced it went over text me I said it on air now I thought when I saw the kick it did look like it was over the post in fairness Jack Carney had a better view than any television camera there so you know and I, no, I like, the, the guys who had the best view are the two assistant referees well not really sometimes because they're standing so they're standing so 
I know I know from Gaelic football because I watch a lot of it. Umpires can really struggle sometimes when they're at that kind of angle underneath the post and sometimes further out. I just I just know from Jack Hardy's reaction that he really felt it just edged its way in. So I, and that's good that he actually cared that much for yeah. that reaction. But at the end of the day, it wasn't going to make one scrap of difference to the result of that match. Jared Butler well, said it. It was twenty points to ten. They had the twenty-two yes. dropout. We were getting the ball back. It yes. was it was kind of then go off their feet at the breakdown and the game yeah. is pretty much done and dusted. Will we go to just a small snippet of some of the in-game stuff here? And uh, we'll move on from there with some post-game stuff. Carry from Sean O'Brien. He's bounced off a couple of challenges. He passed back onto his feet. This is promising from uh, Connacht. They go within seven metres underneath the post. Out it comes from Marmion. Here's Carty coming around on the shoulder. Is Della Hunt. He's tackled just as he was trying to move him. Quick ball from Marmion. Could keep it moving. There's the intercept though. The pass from Griffin. And the Ospreys are away. They're going to go the length of the field. I think as Connacht try and scamper back. Carty's making a big effort. But there's not going to be enough in it. The Ospreys are going to soar underneath the post. 14 man Ospreys have a massive moment in the game to start the game 11 points to nil with an easy conversion to come uh, any second now Jeff Hassler with the try that's his fifth try in six games against Connacht he really likes playing against us and that was unfortunate uh, Griffin just held on to his ball uh, held on to the ball a smidgen too long um, the ball probably needed to be dinked in behind at that stage uh, but you know that's 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 good wrenching for Connacht and we really will see what sort of characters made it, they're, they're made of now because they're going to be 13 points to nil down and they don't really deserve to be here's Kieran Marmion coming through on the line out and winning possession well and carrying it towards the uh, Ospreys try line they're well inside the 22 as he's tackled 10 metres from the line a carry from Alton Delan who's been good on the ball and defensively so far into contact he goes they're underneath the post 5 metres out out it comes to the back line Griffin with the carry a good show and go and he nearly beat his man he is tackled 5 metres short someone needs to play this ball as there's no scrum half in position Marmion looks as calm as anyone as he comes up to a Connick ball then can they make the extra man count McKeown the Connick fans trying to lift their team but the Ospreys fans trying to drown them out quick ball might do it here it out comes out from Cannon to Jared Butler he shoves it on one more pass and Craig Ronaldson is in for an absolute crucial try for Connick boy did they need that 13-5 and the difference between them scoring here and letting the try in the last time was in the last the last, the last attack where Ospreys got the try they, they, uh, Griffin threw a pass this time he didn't he held on to the ball got across the gain line ball was recycled two more quick recycles and uh, they got the try under the post because of keeping calm holding on to the ball keeping calm no one any mistakes half time coming if they kick the touch comes back to Cardi he does that Connick play the percentages take half time and at half time the Ospreys in control on the scoreboard that last three points from Connick just offers some hope uh, in terms of being competitive in the second half and possibly more 20 points to 10 at half time to the home side Connick started well poorly enough they got caught in possession and gave away a penalty early on the Ospreys hadn't even touched the ball and they had three points on the board through Dan Bigger from a kick from just inside uh, the Connick half of the field another score came not long after that from the boot of the Welsh International and that made it six points to nil at that point in the contest the Ospreys then in total control of the game but as we went back into as we got back into it uh, Connacht were very much uh, looking at a situation where they needed to work their way back into it and they had the extra man with Dan Evans in yet the Ospreys got an intercept try from Hassler that was 13 points to nil Connacht hit back with Craig Ronaldson to make it 13 points to 7 but it was the Ospreys that finished the half very very well Dan Evans with the score 20 points to 7 and just before half time Jack Carty's kick has given Connacht a bit of hope complete territorial domination for the first 8 minutes of the second half from Connacht lots of positive attacking play but the entire game has swung on that missed kick it should have been right down the middle really it was pretty much in line with the left hand 
opposed to straightforward kick for Jack Gardy. Yet he will feel aggrieved because he felt that was over. Osprey's kick into the corner. Nightmare scenario. Five metres from the conic line, from the 10 metre line. This could be the game set match for the Ospreys. It certainly looks that way because it's, you know, Connacht has started the second half extremely well. Um, not the TV, the TV replay isn't able to show us anything. Um, but that's, you know, that's huge. Again, we need to, Connacht need to show their character now to, to get themselves out of trouble here. They could be heading for one of their worst positions uh, in nearly a decade uh, in terms of finishes in the Pro 14, Alan. Yeah, yeah, it's not looking great. Um, and, and the body language out there has you know gone from bad to worse to worse and nobody's talking to each other at all now they're just guys they want to be off that field Ospreys are attacking uh, Ashley Beck haven't seen a lot of him in an attacking context but he's been doing a fine job in defence and uh, running some great lines the Ospreys totally dominant now as they're inside the Connick 22 after that mistake Bigger gets it out here's Watkin he's been good there's an overlap a couple of simple passes will do it and Dirksen's in in the corner off a pass from Dan Evans with an assist to go with his earlier try tell you how easy that score was maybe Alan can just emphasise how Connacht were so caught on that far side and it's something that's been happening right in a regular basis Gloucester got the same sort of try last week again and it's simply getting the ball taking on the man straightening, straightening the line drawing the man passing it out and there isn't, there isn't enough cover across the field and that's you know there's a lack of effort somewhere in that scenario I don't know exactly where it is um, I'd have to go back and look at it where, you know, where they started that whole thing from um, but they just had an extra man and it, it happens on a very regular basis for Connacht and it's, it's, um, it's hugely disappointing comes out Connacht Osprey's going to kick to touch and show a bit of mercy on Connacht why wouldn't they they have five tries in the board that's full time 39 points to 10 game I feel different than I did during it but during it you have to analyse what's in front of you and what's in front of us was just a complete mess in those last 30 minutes it was just and then it just gets so negative because all you're talking about is knock on after knock on malfunctioning line out after malfunctioning line out yet an hour after the game I just feel like bigger picture people are going to be massively critical of the way the team looked and we'll have some some messages from Twitter in in a few minutes time but at the same time part of me wants to go the other direction and say Look, if Connick starts the season well next year, we're just going to write these games off as the season was over, done and dusted. I think you also need to appreciate what I think Kieran Keane did make a valid point when he did say about the Gloucester game that he thought that mentally and physically it had drained the players. He's not, he's only, that's his interpretation. He, says he seems surprised and we're going to hear from him in a second and, yes. and he seemed as, as despondent as I've heard him all season. Absolutely. He, 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 was, he was quite, he did not see it coming. I asked no. the question, did he see it coming? Absolutely not. He didn't see that coming at all. He said they'd had a light preparation because of the week that a short turnaround and because of the game. He can only assume that the the mental and the physical I suppose strain from the Gloucester match took its toll and that was the result today um, and I think I think he has a valid point for that because it wasn't just the Gloucester actual Gloucester game it was the result of the Gloucester game that they did have nothing to play for and I think no matter what you say no matter how you try to get yourself up for something well they could have still made a playoff if they finished ahead of the Ospreys beating them would put you ahead of them in the standings I think the odds of that were well I would be the first one to say yeah because you know they were saying themselves that we still have something to play I for think, I think yeah they, they're saying it and just believing it yeah and there's no belief and there's been, there's been the you saw a team with no belief out there today okay so we're kind of given I get the feeling neither of you are budging from where you were beforehand which is this is not Kieran Keane's 
squad next season will be really his squad he's learned so much I don't think you're budging from that but at the same time this finish is going to take such a hard edge off any sort of positivity like it is it, like there's no excuse these are professional rugby players and they didn't act like it in the last 20 minutes in my view from what I saw out there was they turned into 15 individuals playing on the field and even when they brought the subs on it didn't make any difference people were throwing their hands up there was Arguing a couple of deep pot, bridge, yeah. top of it, you know a couple of double double handed teapots gone on out there when stuff didn't go right and they're looking at each other going, Why didn't you do that? Why did no you know, no lack of no no cohesion, no cohesion of, of what they think they were trying to do. Like they're out there representing Connacht and they're not doing a very good job of it. Yeah, and look, uh, we heard from Jared Butler afterwards, and we Sorry, also that is harsh, but I'm, you know, I yeah, no, but I, I like I think they did a very poor job of representing Connacht, and I think you know it's funny, Jared, I think, I th- and I think they'd probably put their hands up and say the same thing themselves. Well, we listen to Jared Butler now first because I think he's going to kind of back up some of that. I mean, it, just in the wider piece, we might hear a little bit of beyond that. When I was chatting to him too, he did mention the fans. I think he probably had a quick glance up and saw the fifteen or twenty Connacht fans who came down the steps to applaud them off, which was interesting. It was also the f- he had to walk into the crowd at the end of the game because the whole of kids from Craig's who were over and three or four of the guys including them at the group and, and get involved and, and they were cheering the fans were cheering them and wahooing them and whatever and I think you probably realised that you know <laughs> you're representing these guys these guys see you as a hero and you go out and you, you play like that not good enough Jared Butler followed by uh, Kieran Keane Jared Butler, it's it's very tough for a captain to have to talk after a disappointing defeat like that. It's not often Connacht have been blown away like that on the field, but 39-10 tells its own tale, I guess. Yeah, it was really frustrating and disappointing, I guess. We kind of came in at half-time a little bit behind, but optimistic with um, how things were going. I guess we thought we were kind of at a crossroad there where it could have gone either way, and if we were able to start capitalising on things, we probably could have turned a little bit, but... Um, it definitely didn't go that way, and um, you know we weren't able to execute, and um, and they just piled on the points, and um, you know that's definitely something we're going to have to get back in on Monday and have a good hard look at ourselves going into the last couple of weeks because you know the last thing we want to do is just pack it in now. You know we've got two massive tests coming up, and um, we want to be competitive there and, and get some results. Cruel swing in the first half, obviously the intercept try when you were well on top. It really look. I'd say the Ospreys had barely visited your 22 at that point, and they were 13 nil up. Yeah, you know, we had some genuine opportunities in the first half and we weren't able to capitalise them. And that's, you know, we went into the half time, we're kind of like, you know, we can keep applying this pressure and um, and finishing some of these things off. You know, we're going to be out, we're going to be right back in this game. But it, um, they came out in that second half and particularly around the breakdown there, put so much pressure on that ball um, and made it really hard for us to play. And then we just found ourselves defending pretty much the whole, the whole half. And, you know, you can defend well for 20 odd phases, but you can't do it for that extended amount of time and um, as you saw they just started to run them in there at the end and um, you know, and that's what the, reflected on the scoreboard They bring a lot of expertise a lot of experience that second row in particular has a hell of a lot of caps between them obviously but what's it like playing against that how did they get such an edge in the breakdown? Um, I, think it was, I think it was just an attitude thing you know they went in there with a lot of intent and like I said they've got a lot of experience there and um, you know what you knows what it takes to be physical, to be you know com- confrontational at the breakdown, and that's what they offered. And um, you know, we obviously weren't able to match that for the most part tonight, and um, and it just made everything else you know just so hard to, to you know launch or do anything. You've said it already, but look, next week, obviously Glasgow, you have to improve immensely on, w- on what you did there in the closing stages. And I'm sure that's going to be your focus. Yeah, exactly right. You know, we've got two massive games coming up now, and we're definitely. Um, 
not going to pack it in. You know, we've got a, a lot of guys that are, um, you know, keen to still put their best foot forward and put in some good performances, and we still don't feel like we've put together a full 80-minute performance. And you know, throughout the year we've played good in patches and then ourselves down, but you know, we really want to put a whole 80-minute um, performance out there and show that we, you know, we can do that. But um, not today. There's a lot of pride at Connacht Rugby, and you can see the community really loves supporting the Connacht team and. And it's frustrating to kind of always come up close and then to kind of get done like that today is a real kick in the guts. I mean, I would be that for the community as well. But, um, you know, we want to put in good performances and we want to play well. And, um, you know, right now that just means getting back there on Monday, um, making some, you know, having a tough chat with each other and then um, getting back into it again. Uh, there was a moment in the second half, I think it was Jack Carty, and the kick seemed looked like it might have gone over. Um, he was certainly a bit annoyed. The ref didn't check. What, what did you did, did you say anything to the ref? Or? Uh, no, not at the time. I think um, you don't want to be kind of getting into the ref too much. You just want to kind of get on and his decisions, his decisions. So I guess our, yeah. our focus there was we're going to get the twenty-two now, so we're going to get the ball back, and let's just apply some more pressure yeah. and try and get get our way back into it. You know, would have been nice to get that one, but you know that's not the be all and end all. Yeah. Um, you know, we still had the ball and we had other more opportunities, but. Um, that was just kind of the, the way the game went, really, wasn't it? Kieran, we were just saying that's the biggest defeat of the season for Connacht, and probably only the second time bar Munster where Connacht have been really blown apart on the scoreboard in, in a game. Yeah, that's the that's the facts of the matter, and it's hugely disappointing. Um, um, and the manner in which we we played, we probably got what we deserved. Um, Far too many mistakes, basic errors, fundamentals. Um, so, you know, it was just a horrendous night for us. Yeah, because last week you obviously spoke about the fact that you took a lot of positives from the teamwork and the problems of in the character. The way that it fell apart from 2010 to, go, to, to slip away into in such a defeat is probably going to be something that's going to really rankle with the whole group. Like, Oh, well, it, it is. Um, yeah, look, I'm... Um, don't have the immediate answers. I've, I've certainly got the symptoms, but um, uh, we'll have to look uh, a lot closer at it. Uh, I thought that we'd had a fairly light preparation because of the, the the short turnaround and also the the amount of energy that went into that Gloucester game was 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 a huge effort and. Um, we just didn't back up um, at all. Um, so, you know, that's how it is. It's a tough run of fixtures to finish any season. It's Glasgow away next week. Obviously, you're going to have Bundy back and a couple of other players back. You're going to obviously need to see a much more improved performance from your players and much more improved effort, I'd imagine. Yeah, look, I'm, I, I'm not always sure that our, um, we lack effort. Um, because um, we do try, mm. but um, if we are as inaccurate as we were today uh, in just about most facets of the game, then we're always going to struggle. Um, so, you know, we've got to get the fundamentals of the game. Um, um, you know, things like line-out throws or... Um, yeah, just fundamentals. Um, not necessarily that, but breakdown. We got bullied at the breakdown. Um, 
consistently. It was a focus area for us. So, you know, we got a clear second there. There were opportunities to kick in behind. Last week, Connacht obviously gained a lot from that. Two huge tries from Adi Loken and, uh, and Healy's try as well. Do you get frustrated when Connacht get caught so much? I think the Ospreys had a 96% tackle success rate tonight, so obviously their pressure defence was working very well. Do you feel like you could have used the space in behind a bit better? No, not necessarily. Um, We'd worked on adding some tools to our uh, attack, but um, again, we we didn't actually uh, do it. We talked about it, we trained it, but we didn't do it. So... Did you, did you actually see that coming tonight? Uh, no, no that, um, that was a little bit of a shock. And because you've always talked about, <coughs> particularly last week, about the team's courage. and So how does that match fit in with that belief that you had in them tonight? Um, oh, look, I think that this is only anecdotal, but um, I think the effort that they put in, um, I knew it was big. Um, had a lot of great elements to it around the character and the energy and everything but we were flat tonight and um, you know we <laughs> we didn't get into gear in the first half until the 32nd minute um, you know, we were just ponderous there was no energy there was, and I think you can attribute it, a lot of that to, to what was a bit of a hangover for the Gloucester game that's that would be my interpretation of it. Now, I know it, earlier in the week at press conference, Peter Wilkinson said that this particular match wasn't a, a game for rotation. Yet you did make six or seven changes. Can you explain the reasoning for that? Um, you're talking about out from our starting group. Yeah. Oh no, there's 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 a number of issues around it. We we were quite beaten up. From that, okay. um, so we wanted to. We we had uh, Bundy away, taking. You know, he had to do his. Um, I don't know what they term it. You know, when he's got to take his leave. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there were a number of factors at, at play, and it it was more about that physicality and and that contest uh, at Gloucester, which. Obviously, drained them physically and mentally, probably a little bit. I mean, it's not obviously it's not the way that you want to give up your hopes of getting yeah. into of Champions Cup rugby. That's not the sort of performance you would have expected tonight. So, obviously, in that sense, it's hugely disappointing. So, how do you pick them up now for two matches against Glasgow and Leinster? Oh, good question. Um, we'll have to sit down and have a good think about that can't answer that straight off because I need to talk to the team and and we need to go through the process, the review process and you know but it will be robust and it will be fair and it will be honest and um, yeah, that's, that's what we have to do. You still can make some some sort of like little bit of history for Connor this season despite the disappointments in the sense that if you do beat Leinster you've got some incentive if beating Leinster it would be the first time that you've beaten all three provinces first time Connor has is that is that like some incentive to for the last two games to get the players sort of back up again? Oh, look, I've also got Glasgow where my old boss reigns, um, so you know there's no lack of motivation from 
from my point of view, um, I think the important part will be trying to keep the players up. Yeah, that'll be the trick. All right, so yeah, we're looking looking at a pretty nightmare scenario in Glasgow next week or can they bounce back because I mean my god it could be five, six, seven try type Droban if you go back to the old days and this feels really like the old days this really does Lily I mean the results are like the old days they're heading for a record low finish in the Pro 14 when I say record uh, they're, they're going to break it'll be you're going to be at 10 years maybe for the last time they finish with this few wins yeah, it's a strange situation to be in um, after the last few years we've mm. had. Um, but uh, look, when you look at the conference the way it is, you know, I mean, the conference actually sort of heightens how quite how bad it is because there's so few teams in the conferences. Mm. You know, when you look at the two, yeah. it's not like looking at the combined, mm-hmm. the combined, you know, um, league anymore. So it does actually make it look a lot worse because. Um, just the Southern Kings, Ebre, yeah. BB, Holodum, yeah. and maybe the Dragons as well. Are maybe. the Dragons ahead? Of no, I can't. Sorry, yeah, I'd have to look at three teams below them. But like, I mean, it's hardly, hardly reason for any anything other than despair, really. And like, Zebra still have a good shot of finishing ahead of Connacht in this conference as well. They beat them twice. So they should have every well, reason I think to believe. You see, they've 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 always had um, the potential. They've always had the potential to, to to be much better than they have, and with Conor O'Shea and and Michael Bradley stepping into Zebra and having won yeah. twice and, against Connacht, and Karen yeah. and Karen Crowley in yes. in in uh, Benetton, you know they've and they've the backroom had staff they brought with yeah. them the quality this quality backroom staff being brought over there and they've made changes like a, they they went from I think they had seven or eight maybe nine academies down to four. And you can already see it was the under-20s winning two, if not three. They should have beaten Ireland as well. They won two games in their Six Nations under-20s and they probably should have beaten Ireland as well. That there's, you know, now that they're getting their act together, a bit bit late, but they're still doing it, you know, you can see that it's going to have a knock-on effect in the in the club sides as well. I talk to people around the edges. Uh, I don't mind saying it now. Some people are really dismissive of what Connacht are, are at. Don't feel like they made some of the right calls in the back room over the last few years there will be begrudgers who are just going to look at this and say look going backwards another shambolic effort we are close to it we kind of feel we've seen this cycle before on numerous occasions including Pat Lamb's first season Uh, because we go every week because we see what we we see we probably come across as more optimistic and positive or certainly less negative and and without hope at the same time Lindy you know they're going to have to show some real real effort in these last two games yes Pat Lam, or yes, Kieran King will totally deny that the effort was an issue tonight and that's fair enough that's his idea but they're going to have to show a little bit more teamwork and problem solving ability that's for sure oh look I have no doubt that they will actually in the future yeah. I, I do you're not worried that Glasgow are going to just run in a cricket score oh no I'm not talking about the season the season's a rush off anyway um Right, it's a write-off. It's 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 how how do you and I think you know I think I asked that question of Kieran of Kieran Keane how how are you going to turn this around? This how are you going to bring these players back up these last two matches? He said he doesn't. He's going to have to sit down and have a think about it. Quite frankly, because right now he doesn't know. He literally does not know. Yeah, but I I mean, I'm sure. But like I'm also sure he's capable. Remember, he stated last week we're not going to lie down and roll over. We did. Well, that's all very well for you know coaches 
to say that, but it's the players who, and as Kieran Keane said, he, he's only coaching, he doesn't play the game. You know, last these, week, yeah. yeah, he did say that last week. It's these players, it's, 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 you, you can't always put, you know, the blame at the, 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 at the door of the coach or the manager no. or whatever. You know, the players themselves have to have some pride in themselves and they're the ones who have yeah. to, they're the ones who have to have a reaction. They are because there was very little pride out there tonight. Do you, what do you want to see from the next two games? Pride. I want to see you guys going out and realising that they're representing a province. It, it's, it's all well and good doing it when you're winning and you're winning a cup and everyone's delighted and everything, but they have to go and show absolute fight and pride and desire to go out and play for each other because they're not playing for each other at the moment. They're playing for themselves. If, they, if, if it continues this way, it could be two hammerings. If the season's a write-off, how much does it matter if they lose by 20, 30 points over the next two games? It, it's perfectly reasonable to say it could be 20-point margin in both games. That's where we're heading at the moment. Yeah, yeah. We haven't, we've never won in Scotsland. Yeah. So how, the, how are we going to go and win in Scotsland with no, with no oh, momentum? Honestly, I'm just hoping they can finish within 20 points. Like. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was worried about tonight, coming over here tonight, that you know, we were going to get absolutely hammered out the gate. And we did. Lenny, just like yeah, season's right off. Good point, but bigger picture, yeah. Look, you have well. That's you know. Look, <laughs> well, what else do you do? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Don't you just walk away from the whole thing? No, of course you don't. That's not what people do, is it? You have to just, you have to dig in there. You have to fight. You have to show that character. And I have no doubt that this team will. And I have no doubt that the players will. I think there are some extenuating circumstances for this this evening's result. Yeah. I think even like if it's you a six day turnaround from a from a desperate disappointment. Even if you look at the midfield partnership, that has I mean, yes. this was Peter Robb's And I'm not saying he had a bad game because he didn't. But it was Peter Robb's very first match of the entire season. Yeah, after, he was quite good in the first half. After, yeah. after um, a whole year off with, you know, hip yeah. surgery, yeah. you know, so, I mean, that was a, that was the first time the midfield had been together. You know, there were six or seven changes from, from last week. Um, yeah, but then we had that strange scenario. We were told during the week that it wasn't time for changes and we got seven changes. And, and Kieran, Kieran answered that. People will have heard that in terms of there were different reasons for that, Not in terms enough. of bruised bodies, yeah. uh, Bundiaki's in force break and look that's a factor I, I think I would expect a big performance from Connacht against Leinster they'll have a week break after Glasgow they'll have everyone back it'll be John Muldoon's last game it'll be a sold out crowd Leinster won't be at full strength but we know will Leinster will it be a sold out crowd well it won't be a, well, well, you'd imagine yeah. like our, our Connacht fans are going to want to come watch a team whose the chances are will be going for their sixth loss in a row you know people listen listen that's the Connacht fans' problem. I yes, mean, yeah, are, yeah. They, are they supporters of Connacht or not? Well, I mean, you know, are they fair with the supporters or are they true supporters? You don't just, I mean, if someone has a bad day, you just don't go and say, well, you know. I, I, Especially uh, with the John Muldoon factor. You'd like to think. No, no, I'm, 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 that's the question no, I'm it's asking. A legitimate question. question. Well, it's yeah, a legitimate whatever, question. They feel, whatever they feel about this current team and the current results of it all, Karen Keane, mm. the point is that they have someone in John Muldoon who deserves, yes. who absolutely deserves without a shadow of a doubt, the best best farewell he can possibly have and I have no doubt and I have no doubt and I know the Connacht clan are organising a number of things and in that regard and I have no doubt that it will be a special occasion mm. and wouldn't it be great to actually beat Leinster on that occasion at the same time Yeah, I can definitely see that but I can also see a real struggle next week. I was uh, taken aback before we get some Twitter comments to finish no, no, off this week's podcast, I was taken aback by the 15 or 20 Connacht clans who were there who specifically walked down the steps to get as close to the tunnel as they could to applaud the Connacht team off it's, just, it's, it's, it's a funny part of rugby. Uh, I'm kind of, I looked at it going, wow. <laughs> I mean, were you taken back by that? It, it was a real statement no, no. from those group of travelling supporters to say, listen, we understand 
you didn't perform, but we were backing you anyways. Yeah, like they're still like they didn't perform as a team, but as individuals, they still put their bodies on the line for the most part out there. They were still doing what they could. The problem was they weren't doing it in a cohesive way. Mm. And or and even if they weren't, there may be an element of over the course of the season it's very rare that they've been well beaten like this as I put it to Kieran at the start it's only second time this season mm. that they've been blown apart yeah. and the Munster game has plenty of excuses five day turnaround after a phenomenally busy Christmas period so I'd nearly disregard that one but mm. this one is back to the old days but it's a one off back to the old days people need to remember well, that is it <laughs> next week will prove whether yeah. it is or not um, you know you're looking at as you say going to Glasgow it is, it is the first time in a long time that we've yeah. hit this point in the season with nothing to play for Yes, and I for a long time, I think, and I think that has, you know, taken its toll. And also remember, we, we, we always we've talked about the the new regime under Karen Keane, the new coaching methods, and everything like that. So, you know, it, it, there there is also that that sense of sort of mental tiredness with that. Definitely, I can see that. I can see it in Jared Butler, even when he was talking. There's, yeah. there's an earnest frustration. Yeah. Um, he's very, very good. You've said it to me before a few times. You've interviewed him in a couple of press conferences. Uh, it's only my second one-on-one with him, but quite a good communicator. Um, very tuned into what the overall atmosphere and aura around the team is. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, I could, you could sense that mental frustration as well. And there'll be a freshness to the new campaign. So people need to re- remember that, I guess. There's... Look, at the end of the day, I just think you can't call yourself a supporter if you are only supporting a team that wins. Yeah, and two years ago we did something that we could never have dreamed possible. What's out there on Twitter? Okay, so earlier in the week there was... um, um, Owen Jenkins mentioned the the fact that there was... um, Rumour that one of the signings that you know because we're waiting for this big signing that everyone's so excited about and we still haven't heard sight in our life of who it is. But just because at the end of a press conference, Kieran Keane said a couple of weeks ago, "There's more to come." Yeah, and then last Saturday there was a lot of rumours flying around. There was a big signing coming, and we can't wait for this big signing um, amongst the fans and just just in general, uh, you know, message boards started going on about it as well. And the guys in the rugby pod who are an English uh, podcast who follows the, the Premiership but off quite closely mentioned Stephen Myler as a possibility and, and God okay he's a very good kicker I'll give him that but like, I wouldn't be getting that excited about him and it was brought up yeah Owen Jenkins was was um, put us onto that one so thanks for keep, keep your ear open oh maybe you find yeah, something more reasonable I think I'd be I think I'd be excited about Myler I think he might the kicking element alone could be something that would push Jack Carty and give a little bit of an element we'll see what other options are out there but it certainly wouldn't be a bad call but that's just my perspective uh, interesting too to note in the, in the kind of the bigger picture too you pointed out if you look through the last four years and five years of recruitment um, it's not very often the Connacht have two, maybe three, certainly not three, considerably good signings on, on paper. Got to yeah. say that. But in terms of super rugby experience, Godwin has it and Horowitz has it. Plenty of it, young guys. And Robin Copeland has a lot of experience. That's three big signings. You have to go back a long way since Connick made three big signings and would possibly we're expecting a fourth to come. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's you know the last time we had any signings of that of that quality, more than one is, was Bundy and Tom McCartney arriving the year before we won the the championship. So um, you'd have hope there because if we have to keep looking for hope, that's that's one of the things we need to keep looking for. Um, one of the questions I was asked here because it's a, it's another huge part of it from a leadership point of view is who's going to be our captain next year. Uh, it's coming from from Rosie that she says he's, he, it looks as though. Um, Kane is trying to figure out is it going to be McCartney is it going to be Masterson possibly you know Butler's being given a run at it tonight maybe Kieran is is another one that's out there Um, and you're also looking at the likes of Sean O'Brien who might be someone who could who could be he started really well tonight 
Yeah, he was very really unlucky, unlucky to go off. Yeah, I think he, he gives us that bit of dog that you need. You know, you don't need everybody to be a dog. We need someone, someone out there, and we just didn't have enough dog out there tonight. I think when it comes to the the, um, the captain of the side, I mean, it obviously, I think a lot of people would prefer if it was an Irish Connacht homegrown boy like John Muldoon and let's face it it's, it's a hard it's a hard example to follow when you've had John Muldoon leading the side for, for so many years but I suppose it, it ultimately it comes down to the person who the, the coaching management believe um, leads by not just um, example it has to lead by example and mm. we don't know what goes on behind, behind the scenes do we we don't know who are, who are the who are the players or who aren't the players who yep. stand up and he's got to be a coach's man as well I mean like, it's you have to be, be able to communicate you yeah. have to have a rapport with, with obviously with your, with you, your coach you could be a key player for Kieran Keane and not have the ultimate rapport that he needs to have so you might mm. be a star but you might necessarily be the right captain mm. for Kieran Keane so that could be an element it'll be someone like that I suppose it depends on what sort of captain Kieran Keane is looking for I mean it just doesn't have to be the well, absolutely, it doesn't just have to be a person who can stand up to the media. It has to be a person who is who is very good with his own teammates and of at encouraging and leading by example, etc. And, and, and of course, you want more than one. Really, you're looking for a leadership group. When you've got a you know yeah. a squad of thirty or forty players, you can't expect one guy to be able to deal with all of them. There has to be more than one person that's you know there's a leadership group that drives the whole ethos of the team um, and yes there's a head, there's a figurehead on that but then there has to be two or three guys around them that he trusts so that you drive everything based on, on what they're looking for I'd say, there, I'd say there are a number of candidates that would be well able to take on the job Anything else from Twitter? Yeah you got Thomas Fiernan who's, who's depressed um, he's just realising how bad our season is looking not since the two Italian sides were added to the league in 2010 have we had less points or wins can we take any positives from this season? I'm struggling to find them. Maybe the win against Munster. Yeah, I hear you, Tomás. Uh, the win against Ulster. The win against Ulster as well, but there's very few. I, I'm trying to think, especially away from home, there's been so little. The Leinster performance gives me hope. So I can't take any positive from losing to Leinster, but I can take little strands of hope, like the fact that eight or nine of the games have been by a margin of single digits, which just kind of makes you think, right, maybe it's like Pat Lance first year when that happened. And I can take little elements of of trends that you were showing me coming into this game. For example, we were scoring three tries, three tries, three tries, four tries over the course of the last four games. Mm. I I definitely think right now, I'm going to say it, during the game very very negative because it was so so poor how it mm-hmm. fell apart it was it was I hate using the phrase but it was car crash stuff but I do think the six day turnaround mental mental frailties the Ospreys being the Ospreys this mm-hmm. venue being a nightmare for us mm-hmm. I think the Glasgow fixture as well I do think the season's a write off but if the Leinster f- performance is anything other than top notch it'll be a huge huge blow to the off season whereas if they lose to Glasgow and play well against Leinster get a result against Leinster I think we can just look forward to the new season with some hope although September September is going to define this team and this group if September doesn't go well forget about the rest of the season next year yeah yeah and, and talking about that you know Colum Stakem is asking are we going to get a chance to sit down and get an in-depth interview with Kieran Kane yeah, before we're working the on that the best we, we can say we're working on that we're we hope to that. get we, that yeah. we definitely need to do something on that because next season really will be his season and there's questions like Lindy's come up with there what does he look for in a captain like that's one of many many questions that we want to ask Kieran Keane and we'll be asking him too about about elements of, of, of where he'll know when things are going right and things aren't going right so look I think everyone within every reasonable assessment of this season is going to say you've got to give Kieran Keane till next season I think 
I used to be saying six months into next season we can judge him but to be honest I'm after the way today went and stuff I'm starting to think no first five games of next season that's where we'll define this team because if like we saw this year if you, if you don't deliver in September you just you're not going to come back from it yeah and, and they have to deliver as you say three four wins maybe something like that from the first well, season this way Kieran Keane's actually in situ now last year he, last season the beginning of last season he wasn't he didn't arrive until very much before yeah, yeah. before the start mm. so I mean I think there's a, a quite a difference between uh, Kieran Keane arriving late and season last year and being here in situ now and they're also going to the season's going to be over before May for the first time in four years you brought forward is it yeah yeah so you're talking about you know there's going to be a long long time for these guys to get themselves ready playing this type of rugby that Kieran Kane wants them to go wants them to play and get themselves we can't say fit enough because they are fit enough because that's one of the that's been one of the major positives this year is the how short the 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 um, injury list has been if you look at the Ospreys the Ospreys had 18 players injured today and Justin Tipperick's off playing sevens Oh, I just wanted to do, look again I, sometimes we do a good bit of the opposition sometimes we don't but the Ospreys were superb today there's some great players in there uh, like so many players I could pick up but mainly Hassler just really love watching him play I'm a big fan of Dan Evans fantastic player at fullback he's such a fiery player we didn't see a lot of Dirksen today but he's really good Still Dan Dan, yeah. Dan Bigger was just ran the show and he missed one, one oh, kick as well fire he hit the post with that one kick from the touchline he was on fire today but he just ran the show Alan Alan Wynne-Jones is just a phenomenal player to watch so happy to have seen him play rugby uh, these guys they should have done better overall over Bradley the last Davis. three or four years Bradley, Bradley Davis went in and just bullied everybody he around just enjoyed him it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, thought Dimitri Harhip was missing that might be a plus for us their front row was excellent They're, Sam Cross what a player yeah 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 super stuff they bullied us to the breakdown we never really got control of it we never had the proper the only time we got fastball we scored a try yeah the only time we really got across the game line, got fastball, cleared people out properly, we got a try, um, and we have to be doing that much more. One other point, keep in mind, this is a year when the Pro 14 has never done better in Europe. The quality of this league is better than ever before. Uh, the Ospreys were fantastic in the group stages anyways. The, the Scarlets are gunning for Leinster, and they're going to give them a real good game. Leinster being brilliant, Munster being brilliant, plenty to be positive, and well done Cardiff in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and even Ulster, in crisis, turned it around against Edinburgh today. It's a weird league this year picked the wrong year to be rebuilding that's for sure but uh, okay nearly finished we're going to get on the ferry back to uh, Ross Lair. a bit choppy on the way over expecting camera now oh it should be a lot camera on the way back yeah but we love travelling by ferry don't we oh it's superb god you can bring your own stuff you can just pile it in the car into the boot into the Volvo yeah. no feckin check-ins no no scanners no passports Passport. That's what I was, was thought yeah, it was yeah, very yeah. strange. Didn't even ask for it. Are you all Irish in the car, lads? Are you? Yeah. yeah Grand. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was one Kiwi, but we didn't say that. <laughs> She's Irish. Uh, yeah. No bother. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it should be a nice crossing, but gonna sleep again. Yeah. We'll be back like by about half twelve on, on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. All right, folks. We'll chat to you next week. All is not lost because William Davis is back on the podcast next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be feeding the information from, from at home because I think it's on telly, isn't it? It most certainly is, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Let's finish on that bombshell. Thank you very much, Lindley. You're welcome. Anytime. Big, big thank you to everyone here in the Ospreys who looked after us, including delivering some pies to us that I've been dying to eat, so that's why I want to wrap up the podcast. Alan can't eat it because he's celiac. Yeah, I've just I've got a bar here somewhere I can I can tweet it out. But yeah, again, that's the other thing Connacht have to look at is that, you know, their paints their posts were painted. But the the setup here is phenomenal. 
compared to raw meat. Gluten-free food. Connective to people, but maybe facilities-wise, sometimes they just could even invest a little bit more. Who knows? It, it, it definitely pays off. Really good setup here. Um, Fabulous. Yeah. yeah, really, really fabulous, really I impressive. I think you're going in that direction. I really do. I think each time yeah, to go yeah. further, the press room the last week was just fantastic. They're really professional, look really class for the post-game stuff. So more of that and more pies. And gluten-free food. <laughs> Bye, folks. <laughs>